Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic, advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, momming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Hey, She Slayers. This is the She Slays the Day podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, and I am super glad that you're with me today because this is one of my um, my besties that is on. I talk so much about the women in my life who have shaped my last uh, 10, 12 years of chiropractic and chiropractic school. And um, when I sat down and thought about, you know, before the podcast started, like who would I want on? I knew that Dr. Lona Cook was going to be on at some point and I was just waiting for the right timing and all that. So I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Before we do that, though, I just need to do a little bit of like one-sided culture conversation. You know what I should do? I need to find somebody who's into like e-news and culture shit as much as I am. And we'll just do like mini Wednesday, like 10 minute, like, OMG, did you see what she wore to the Oscars? What are your thoughts? Are ostrich feathers now in? I don't know, whatever. Anyways, um, so is anybody else watching Americana by Taylor Swift? Or I shouldn't say watching. Have you watched Americana by Taylor Swift? Um, I... I don't know. I so like I forget when Taylor was born because that's a weird sentence. I forget when Taylor. I think it's 1989 because I'm pretty sure she has an album named 1989. And so I'm 1986 is when I was born. And all my students just went, oh, shit, you old. Um, No. And so I don't know. Like I liked Taylor. It might be something to the fact that she was just really young in my mind or I don't know. But anyways, I haven't really gotten on a major T-Swift train. I've never been a hater. Um, But I watched her her Netflix program because I had a couple people say like, oh my gosh, it's really, really good. And I think I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I'm I identify more with Taylor Swift than Beyonce. Now, I want you to know how hard that was for me to say. Because you know I love Beyonce. 
like that girl, if I, if it was acceptable, which it's not acceptable, but let's just say that God was like, okay, you can build a throne to one person on earth. He's not going to say that. You're not allowed to. It would be Beyonce. And that doesn't change. But like T Swift, she, um, her, her, what is it called? Her program, her program on Netflix, her special just talks about a lot of her like obsession with seeking approval of others. And it's definitely been a big part of my story of like needing that approval. And it's a consistent part of my story in like making decisions based on what God is telling me and what I feel is right and what is good for my family and not the approval of others. So it's, it's a really good documentary. And I think she just got herself a mega fan. Now, this does not mean that I am not Beyonce's still like fangirl. I just think that, uh, you know, are we all kind of on the scale of approval? Am I crazy? Or like other people deal with this too, right? Like that people, is this just a part of life that you start out like Taylor Swift, like caring about everybody. And then you're like, fuck it. I don't care at all. And now all of a sudden you like boss them into Beyonce and don't give an F status. I don't know. See, this is where it'd be nice if there was somebody else talking to me right now and we could, uh, yeah, but it's just you guys. So you're just in your car going like, heck yeah, Lauren. Or it's like, no girl, you crazy. So listen to it as if she needed, uh, she slays the day to be an official sponsor or promotional piece for her Netflix special. Here I am. Okay. So let's do a listener highlight. So this one is titled Love, Love, Love with like the little megaphone thing and stuff coming out. Uh, and it's five stars. And it says, so happy to have stumbled across the podcast late last year. I was needing an attitude adjustment regarding starting my own practice and being so slow in comparison to the busy schedule of being an associate for the last five years. Dr. Lauren keeps it so real and allows me to give myself grace. And that is from Dr. Summer, SATX. I'm assuming that's Texas. I always like going back in to and being like, hmm, what do I know about this login name? They're probably from Texas. Maybe they're, maybe they're a Libra. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so thank you so much for that. Um, super appreciate it. If Dr. Summer, girl, send me your, if you don't have any She Slay stickers, um, I really appreciate you putting that on Apple Podcasts. Um, so send me your address and I will hook you up with some stickers. But I don't have your address. So it's so funny because... I said I would give somebody stickers a while ago and they messaged me like, hey, you read my thing, but I never got my stickers. And I'm like, well, girl, I don't have your address. Like, I'm creepy. The Internet is creepy, but I don't have that kind of information about you. All right. So but anyways, if you are going to leave me an Apple podcast review, I'm going to bend over backwards to try and get you some stickers. And if you don't got them, reach out to me, DM me and I will send them your way. Okay. So, like I said, today's guest and I go way back. Um, when I was about, I think probably like three years into practice, I stagnated, basically. I, I reached a really good successful level and I was having a hard time busting through. And so I reached out to one of my friends. Well, she wasn't really a friend at that point. We knew each other. She had graduated earlier. I definitely knew of her and she only lived like 45 minutes away. And so I reached out to Dr. Lona Cook and said like, um, will you coach me? Okay. So you know by now that I actually wish I would have gotten a coach earlier than three years into practice, but whatever. Um, and I don't know if she's coaching anymore because she is 
This girl is hella busy. She, I think we talk on the air. I don't remember if we were recording or not, but I'm like, are you an Enneagram three? And she's like, yes, I'm a three. So, I mean, she is a speaker. She's creating masterminds. She's the president of the Wisconsin State Association. She's written books. Um, so anyway, so she grew up in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, and she's a graduate of University of Wisconsin-Madison. And then her and I, like I said, she graduated from Northwestern Health Sciences also for her doctorate chiropractic. Uh, but I think she was like three to six months ahead of me. She opened her first practice in Western Wisconsin in 2010 and has since opened three more practices with her partners and has allowed this vision for natural health care and teaching families about the power of chiropractic across all of Western Wisconsin. So Dr. Cook is also, like I said, she runs the state association um, and speaks nationally many weekends out of the year. And she's done that for years, spreading the message of just better living through chiropractic care. She is Definitely, when I think who are our spire fit and female chiropractic philosophers that are like living amongst us right now, I think of Dr. Lona. So she lives with her husband, Kyle, and her son, Jack, on Lake Wissota, and that's in Wisconsin, for those that don't know that. Um, she's seriously like the epitome of doing all the things. Oh, wait, hold on. I actually don't know. This is where it'd be nice if Kirby was in the room. I don't know if epitome is a good thing or a bad thing. Did I just insult her? I really don't know. Well, I meant it good. If epitome is a good thing, she is the good thing of doing all the things. Shit, sometimes I suck at life, you guys. <laughs> who gives, who allows me to have a podcast? Okay, um, so her and I tackle in this episode a not so upbeat conversation. And it's really on how to handle practice when your heart isn't 100% in it. Um, her story is just amazing um, what she's transitioned through and evolved through in the last few years. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Uh, before we start, you know what I'm going to do, though. <laughs> so let's stop, connect past us, future us, all of our consciousness. Let's just like take that breath together and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Help us to lean on you during times of doubt and trouble. Help us feel supported and not alone when life isn't going how we planned it to be. Um, help us not only to see the silver lining, but to truly learn how to be grateful for the downs in addition to the ups. So often we come to you and we are just like, thank you for the blessings. Thank you for the blessings. Um, but I know there's so many lessons and growth in those downs. That is where so much of our evolution, so much of our story is. Um, and it's where you're the closest to us and most present. You're so, so good. Um, for those listening to this episode that maybe aren't like in the you are so, so good boat and uh, they're hanging their hope on this episode, getting out of their grief, like maybe this is going to be the thing to help them. I don't know why they're listening, but whatever their story is, why they're listening, let this conversation be a spark to light them in the right direction. Um, times seem so dark and confusing sometimes. Life is freaking hard. Uh, give them peace in their breath. Tell them you're right there next to them. And that as they're walking through this valley, through this down, that you have a plan and you are working on a better future for them. In your name we pray. 
All right, without further ado, here is the wonderful Dr. Lona Cook and I tackling grief. So I'm very sorry. I don't know if you saw my Insta story. I just posted it like a half hour ago. You were actually working. I don't work on Friday mornings. So I was like polling, like, do I have to put on a bra for talking to my friend Lona? And then I like even went as far as to put like sit at my recording station and be like, nope, can't see them. Those yeah. babies bring low. Don't need to have a bra. And so the consensus was, I didn't get pretty for you. I'm very sorry. No worries. I don't work on Fridays either. Usually. I just came up here because someone was going to meet me up here for something. And then I was like, I'm just going to stay up here because I have probably less distractions with dogs barking in the background and such. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So I have like two sticky notes on my computer saying like, don't forget to ask her to tell her story because I do this with my friends when I have them on and I'm just like, we just get into it. And then like 20 minutes in, I'm like, Oh, you have to tell people who you are because I didn't. So, so please do the question I hate answering the most, but is very important. Like, who are you, Dr. Lona Cook? Okay. So I've been in practice now about 10 years. I practiced in Western Wisconsin, just south of you, Lauren. And I know I was kind of hoping that we would be able to find a way to actually record this in person. Oh yeah. But not hard, but no, it wouldn't have, but like busy schedules, the way it is, you're like, all right, I have 11 to noon. Is that going to be a problem? Like, we'll make this work. It'll be great. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, okay. So yeah, been in practice a little over 10 years. We just had our 10 year anniversary in my primary practice, um, was lucky and blessed in the sense that the first few years it grew rather quickly and it opened up a lot of doors when I put this book out called just tell me where to start um that was really just this like resource that I wanted while I was in school on what did you do to get open start seeing patients make some money pay off student loans I just wanted a first-hand account and I happened to have a background in creative writing from my undergrad so it was like a, a love project for me to put this thing together and I literally just I always forget that part of your story because I'm like, I look at you as a fellow Enneagram type three and only 45 minutes from me and my OG coach and friend. And I'm like, damn it. Look at her. She wrote another book. I should write a book. And then I remember that part of your story that you actually like writing and I don't, I don't like writing, but it's so easy to like, look at your mentors and be like, should I write a book? No, I should not write a book. No, I should start a podcast. I should do a podcast, but I can write books and I can write a pretty class, but I need someone to prove the hell out of them. <laughs> That's why I switched from being an English major to a creative writing major, because in creative writing, it's just like anything goes. Yep. Um, so, Sorry, you wrote a book. Yeah. <laughs> Put that together, it went out, kind of launched me into a like ability to do some speaking in the profession and mentoring. Um, and then I was crazy and thought I should open a second practice because I had gotten married and moved. So I was an hour away from my primary practice and driving every day. So I was like, well, I have energy and no kids yet. So might as well open a practice. Well, technically I had three step kids, but they only lived with us sometimes. So, right. yeah. Um, and Anyways, after realizing that I had bitten off more than I could chew, I had to find some key clutch teammates at that point um, and get an associate. And then eventually I had a partner come into the second practice and all things started to evolve, had a baby, um, 
realize that, yeah, if you get good people on your team, you can do some of these crazy things like open multiple practices. Um, and so I ended up opening a third brick and mortar practice with another partner, um, Dr. Ashley, who is about 20 minutes from my other practice. Um, so I've been through the brick and mortar open three different times, been a good experience. Um, you know how that goes, Lauren. And then, um, we actually now do a lot of work in our school district. So we have, uh, another practice, but it doesn't, it's not brick and mortar cause it's mobile. Um, and that's been a passion project the last few years, just really working with, getting um education in our schools about what chiropractic and at first was just a slow process of bringing staff on board because they were really looking for some changes in the school district as far as like what they offered for health benefits Mm -hmm. and then as more staff got involved in it then they started asking questions about how do the students get more involved and so it's just been this very organic thing over the last four years that's developed so now um i'm back in my home uh, which is Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Your first baby. And my first baby. <laughs> yeah, I practice three and a half days a week. I've learned to not run six different directions at once if possible because I'm, I'm kind of coming into different seasons of practice now, which is probably part of what we'll talk about is just how as you know life happens, you, you do have to learn how to adapt to different seasons in business and practice and where your mind's at and what else is on your plate. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. You're hilarious. So first of all, <laughs> there <laughs> you're so like me, where you just like, yeah, yeah, and then I opened another practice, and then I had a baby, and then I did this, and then that. And it's like, oh, and then I'm also in the school. I almost forgot about that. It's like, um, <laughs> I love having new things happen, as you can tell. Yep. That is the best way to like harness my energy is to make sure that I have creative outlets. Otherwise, I could like self destruct. Yeah. Um, and I would also like to call a big BS on you described. You said I was really lucky and blessed to have great success early on in my first practice. And I think that that's something um, that when we are like really in alignment, this isn't even what the our episode's supposed to be about, but whatever, we're just going to go there. Um, you know, like when you're so in alignment with your gifts and your talents, it does kind of seem like, well, I don't want, and I, I don't feel like you're not supposed to take credit, right. For like God's gifts, like yada, yada, yada. Um, but like, it does feel like, I don't know, it, it just kind of happened. And it's like, no, you worked your ass off during that hustle. Phase. A lot of hustle phase. Yes. And linear focus. Like I was building a practice and Mm -hmm. totally focused on that, which I had the blessing of that, that I could be that focused. Exactly. The, the ability to go all in on the hustle phase is super, um, it, that is a blessing. I 100% agree with that because I'll get, I get questions and I kind of haven't found the right person to answer them yet because, you know, it's people who are new graduates who have kids Mm -hmm. and they're like, okay, well, I can't work 60 hours a week hustling to build this. How would you advise building a super successful practice? on like 20 to 30 hours a week. And I'm just like, I'm just going to put that question to the back. Cause I got no idea. Like I, because I mean, you're the same. I continued to work on my maternity leave. How long was your maternity leave? I don't even want to say it's embarrassing, but two weeks for Jack. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mine was five weeks um, with both. And even during then, I think I actually did pretty decent for the first two or three weeks. Um, but then it was just like, oh, there was never a phase, even when the kids came in that I was working less than 45, you know, like it's just constant. Right. So, and and that's part of what I've learned too, is like, man, if that's, it shows all the weaknesses, right. It shows where you really got to build a great team around you. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, you're, you're back in it as fast as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's um, where the phase I'm in now is trying to learn how to be um, less of the doer of everything. Right. Is, was there a, so there's the hustle phase and then kids are likely kind of the insert for a lot of people's stories. Um, was there a burnout that kind of happened in between like, or did you just like realize, were you just innately connected enough that you're like, I can't keep doing this. I'm going to make major changes before shit hits the fan. Yeah. I mean, part of it was like, there was a point in year three when I had both practices going and, and no partner yet. And just one associate that I was like, my marriage is going to end if I don't figure this out because I was working so many hours per day because the practices were hours apart as well. So like I would go back and forth between the practices. It was just crazy. And so I knew that this is only sustainable for like six months or so. And and then I'm going to lose my shit, you know? So, um, but I look back also, and I will say this because, you know, you can look at it and be like, I would never do that. And then there's a part of me that's like, because I did some of these things, how I just launched myself so far ahead of many other I know because I was willing to get dirty working and do the things you know mm-hmm. so it isn't glamorous it is long hours and whatnot but it really put certain opportunities you know only 10 years then opened up for me because of having so many things organized early on yep yeah it's that scrappy kind of hustle that um I don't want to say it starts to fade, but like, so in the beginning, when you're just like go mode, I really didn't spend much time thinking about like, am I happy? Am I fulfilled? Like, is this sustainable? Is this balance? I was just like, I'm in a race. Just keep going. Like wake up, do the thing, get the opportunity, close the sale. And then like, yeah, it is kind of around, um, I don't know. I guess for both of us, it was yours was year three. Mine was closer to year five, I think, where I was like, Jack also was huge. Yeah. 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 Where things kind of, I don't want to say slowed down, but like we weren't getting 300% growth within a year. And like, um, and he did start to be like, oh, okay, I can come up for air. And, um, and it sounds, it sounds nice and it is partially nice, but there's also this sense where when you have the time to think, then you start kind of like, I don't know. I never questioned being a chiropractor, but there were definitely days where I was bored. Yeah. You know? I think that's for me where I need to have like some creative project. I love adjusting. I, I do love that. I think, but I have to stay like, where I'm engaged with something else I'm creating too. Um, so that I can be really grounded and present because that, that kind of up there creative energy has a channel. And therefore when I'm with my people in like 
uptime, go time in the office, I'm much more like centered, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. I think that's just part of when you start to learn yourself, you know, in the beginning practice every phase of it, whether it's talking about like paying your bills, marketing, training staff, et cetera, it's all new. It's all creative process for you because you're like drinking from the water hose. And then you think an angel just got its wings. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, sorry about that. Um, and then, you know, eventually some of that is like so repetitious and some of us, that'll drive us nuts. If we're like, I'm having the same day every day, at least for me, I have to feel like there's things that need my attention in other ways. Um, have you read rocket fuel? Mm-mm. Okay. No. Don't. I mean, no, that's, <laughs> that's a terrible, like I have not read the whole book, but I'm kind of at a point in my life where I'm sick of reading. I have two different categories of books that I'm sick of reading. One is white millionaire men just telling everyone that you just got to like drive harder, yada, yada. And then I'm also sick of reading self-help books by white women who are just like, I believe in you. You are amazing. And I'm just like, okay, there's gotta be something in between. But anyways, I don't even know who wrote rocket refuel, rocket fuel, but I'm pretty sure it was the first category. Yeah. But Kirby and I were driving to Minneapolis. Um, and uh, we started, like, it was the only book he had downloaded on Audible. And I'm like, all right, let's listen to this. And it just, it, the book's premise is talking about visionaries and integrators and how every business needs both. And that, like, visionaries are very, very bored with the day-to-day stuff. And they, like, will come up with these like great ideas and lead their team on this like path that may or may not actually turn out that great, but like, we're excited about it. And so like, we have the passion, but then we need like integrators in our life. who are like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take over payroll this because it hasn't happened in a month. And you know, like all of those things. So we're just yes. visionaries. Lona. Yes. I a hundred percent subscribe to that. I know I'm the person that can see way more what's happening up at the top than I can like, let me proofread my own sentences. Now, not really. Interested nope. I already wrote the thing. Don't make me reread it. Yes. But that's why I know I got to have some good people around me that help me make it things, you know, buffer it. They yep. buffer it. Teamwork. Teamwork. Yeah. Okay. So when I reached out to you about coming on and I said, like, what are some of the topics that are really your innate is wanting to come out of you what's your message right now you actually brought up something that I did not foresee coming and you brought up the concept of grief Mm -hmm. and I was like normally if I didn't know you I'd be like hmm okay interesting person I'm gonna have on the podcast tell me more before I like filter it but I was like no I just I've seen you speak so many times and we've had so many conversations where I'm like oh my gosh I cannot wait to see like so what the what's up I did not see that topic coming where did this come from well, okay, it kind of gets into, you know, I was thinking more about like seasons in your life and seasons in your practice. And, you know, what we just talked about, there's a season where for mo- for many of us, we're, whether it's right in the beginning or later on, maybe when our kids grow up a little bit or what have you, where you are in more of a like linear focus with your business, if it's your purpose and your passion, where you're like, gosh, I can pour a lot of energy into this right now. Um and life happens right and there's different things that are going to happen in all of our lives that are unforeseen at times and leave us in interesting positions um and i'll say this kind of as like a 
undertone to begin with is, you know, I'm a philosophical chiropractor, meaning I really geek out on vitalism and the ideas of, you know, we live in a quantum world and life is happening through us and our nervous system is part of that channel. And so I really truly believe that things happen for us, not to us. Um, and so I'll kind of preface what happened to me and then like what's kind of been the off sh- offshoot of that is, um, you know, going along, building all these businesses, definitely very um, oriented towards like success entrepreneurially. Um, and that was great. And then things happened. Um, some huge blessings in my personal life, like getting married, having a child, things like that. And then also my mom got sick and she first had ovarian cancer, which is a very understandable um, thing in the sense that we all know people that have had cancer and we know that ovarian cancer is kind of a rough diagnosis. And she did some of the traditional medical and she did some holistic stuff. And she really came through that with flying colors. I thought once she started to decide, um, what she was actually going to do. And it was hard for me as the chiropractor to sit back and realize that she has to make a choice for herself and I can't control this. And, you know, again, I believe the person has to believe in what they choose. Anyways, fast forward a couple of years and my mom ends up, um, kind of being in a scenario where she's helping her mother at end of life stage. So my grandmother who was in her nineties and it's fascinating. We still don't really understand what happened, but she went from watching my son during the day when I had my office hours. So three days a week to, she wasn't eating. She didn't leave her room. She lost so much weight that we had to end up chaptering her to get her help because she had no history of mental illness. And we literally thought she was going to die by passive suicide. And that happened in the fall of 2016. And so I just want to like paint the picture for a second. I went from like, my mom was a teacher for 30 some years, highly involved, highly, you know, educated woman to she's in a mental institution, not showering. And they're telling her, Nola, you can go home on four days if you just take a shower and she wouldn't do it. And so I have a one-year-old and I'm running all these practices and I'm watching my dad drive an hour each way to go visit my mom in a mental institution. We're like, is cancer back? what the hell is happening? And this went on for months. And so I'm still having to show up to the practice, run the thing and, and feel like I can put my shit together in the morning. Meanwhile, my dad's showing up at 6am at my house, like bawling because he doesn't know what to do. You know, it was just chaos in my mind at the time. And so that was the beginning of it. And then the part that really gets into grief is that here we are four years later almost, and my mom is still in that scenario. You know, she's home now because finally, at least we just said, like, you're not helping her, keeping her chaptered, keeping her in a mental institution is not the solution because she's got her wits about her. She just has no energy and no um, desire to really exude any energy or take care of herself. So she's been in and out of nursing homes, but it's been like, someone died, but they didn't die. Right. And that's a really weird thing too, to go through where you're like, I'm not sure if I'm should be grieving. Should I have hope? Where am I supposed to be? Also, can I get her help? And how do you get someone help that doesn't want help? And Oh my Lord, I have learned lesson upon lesson upon lesson about like trying to stay healthy yourself in the midst of trying to help someone else. And then also like 
how that may look different every single day. Like a day that I'm more grounded, I may be able to go over there and try and do more for my dad and my parents. And on a day where I'm sad myself or, you know, I just don't have reserves. It's not the day for me to, to jump in, you know? So that was why I brought the topic up is, and I figured, I mean, every time I've heard you tell this story intimately over coffee, I've heard like it in a two minute version on stage. And every time it just gives me chills. And because like, I can relate so much to that, that aspect, that pillar of strength that your mom is in your life and how important it was in the moment when things kind of like fell apart. And it's just like, what I, what I wonder is I imagine that you didn't break down at all. Like I'm sure things were exploding in your brain, your life felt chaotic. Um, but you didn't have like a week where you couldn't get out of bed and you had to cancel patients or anything like that. No, I still was showing up, but I, I think this is where we all have to give ourselves permission at different seasons that things have to be breathed. They have to breathe. Right. Mm -hmm. And so part of what, when you have this contrast that shows up in your life and things are working well up until that point, the contrast, although when you're staring at it, it can feel so overwhelming. And like, you do just want to curl up, curl up in a ball. There's also trying to look for a blessing that's coming out of it in some form. When you get that ability to start to look for it is generally there. And that may take a while to start to look for it. But some, some of what was offered in hindsight, when I look through this is realizing how much more I needed people who actually support me around me, instead of me being like, the giver for everything else. And that, and that I think is rampant sometimes in entrepreneurs is. Oh, especially in female healthcare providers. Right. (laughs) Yes. Um, and, and that just won't work, you know, like when you're, when you're low on reserves, (laughs) you know, it's going to be difficult to like put up with bullshit. Right. And so, yeah, I joke. Um, it doesn't happen often, but like, uh, a shift where I'm adjusting and I am just not like, it's just not a great day type of thing. Um, I just turn the volume up a little bit more and like the front desk just knows, like, it's not like blasting, but it's just loud enough that it's like, I am doing everything in my power to just give you a fantastic adjustment today. I can't have small talk about your cat. I don't give enough fucks to do that. I can only designate my fucks to your nervous system today. So the volume's going up. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and giving ourselves permission to have those moments or periods mm-hmm. uh, because clarity comes out of that too. And change will come out of that. Um, and so the grief part of it is again, everyone's going to process grief differently. Uh, what it also has taught me is so much more on a deeper level, like the suffering that humans have, um, whether expressed outwardly or not, you know, that we are carrying in our nervous systems and the fact that we really our own mothers, we don't understand probably one iota of some of what they've gone through. So uh, the compassion component for me just like amped up a million times more for I was going to ask if you it like how it changed you. Yeah, I mean definitely I I I've gone through like every emotion towards my mom in the midst of this because so much of 
it was is still very hard for me to understand um, the like rapid change that occurred to her. And I have my own kind of like medical thoughts around it at this point. Again, I don't probably need to get into that, but um, the parts that really were blessings to me is number one, it helped me realize like I, all these adhesions, I kind of still had siphoning off on me and my expectation of like how I need to behave in relationship to my mother and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think many of us don't fully birth ourselves into our adult life because of these like attachments we still have to our parents and expectations that they may have placed on us. Or maybe we just took them on ourselves, even though they're not real. Um, Those unsaid expectations. Yep. Yeah. And it affects us in business. It affects us in our relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to really, I don't want to say sever those ties, but see them and realize you have choices that you didn't even realize. Well, they're not serving you anymore. Like right. they served you when you were 12. Yes. They, you know, like when you were a child, when you were five years old, they served you to yes. look at your mom as a flawless heroine that you know that doesn't have flaws and then like you do you get to this like adult stage where you're like you have flaws but that's okay because I have flaws and then it allows like oh I'm 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 not flawless and that's okay also because I'm also a mother and you know and so yeah definitely a lot of what you see in your parents is probably the same flaws (laughs) the same damn flaws (laughs) yes and so and that becomes very eye-opening too um yeah so I just think there's so much there is, there are massive gifts in grief. Um, but it's obviously a very undesirable point in life generally for most of us. Um, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but, and yet the gifts are there. Um, and they're there for your practice to be able to hold that much more space for people. Um, I do feel like the depth of my practice and like, we have, we have a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of suffering in this world. There's a lot of people that have lost children and things like that. And so it was like, gosh, you know, you can feel with people differently, not even so much that you're going to have those moments when they're on the table, just the ability to like recognize these people are deeply hurt right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be the one that fixes any of that for them because that's their job. Yep. The, I mean, we're talking about the, nobody wants to go through grief, you know, like we'd all choose, but grief just so often grief and like just these derailments in life that none of us predict. Um, they, or would choose, you know, we would never choose like, Hmm, when I'm planning out 2020, I will select a very terrifying thing to happen that will derail me. Um, but when you look at whether it's biblical philosophy, you know, Deepak, who, whatever you're looking at, I've heard so many healers say this, that like, in order to evolve, there has to be a death of self. There has to be a death of the old version, the old model that you were running, the old programming. Um, It's like the Phoenix thing, you know, like it's what it's all about. And it's like, nobody wants to go through the burn up, but it is absolutely essential because like if I didn't have, you know, the derailment that happened to me in early of last year, I would, you know, it's very easy to hindsight go like, okay, I would have just kind of kept on that hedonic treadmill more, more, more like, and I don't know what that would have done for, I mean, I know for me from like a loving human, I would not have been my best self. Um, That was definitely, I was on a pace of like just 
ego and entrepreneur and success and like not really thinking much about that. And then it definitely wouldn't have been what was great for my marriage or my family. And so it's like, looking back on those derailments, they're blessings, but they suck a mm-hmm. lot. Yes. So, so you said that, so it's been four years um, and you're able to kind of start looking at the silver lining. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you've processed this grief fully yet? Or are yeah, you? I do. I mean, I think it's had its own evolution. I don't, I think it could have more that I still don't even know of, but I've been extremely, I, I mean, A, I've had the, the good fortune to, because the practices were doing well when this happened, you know, and, and I had good people built around. It wasn't like everything I was sitting on my shoulders at that time. Um, And so I've been able to have like sessions and therapies and different things to help me kind of look at some of, um, some of what maybe had been under the surface for my mom for a long time that I was so not aware of because I'd never recognized it before. Um, and that's part of like where, you know, as we grow and have more human experiences, like stuff that is buried starts to come up and we can learn a lot about ourselves from it. And that's been a lot of what. Yeah. You can choose to learn from it, but you have to choose. Yeah. Like you have to not like just shove it back down and be like, well, life sucks. And like, we all know those people, we have those patients that it's like, well, life just happens to me. And what am I going to do about it? Right. And so, you know, I have a couple of very good mentors that, you know, helped me a lot during these last four years and, um, and seeking out other ways to learn about like what I was going through and, and, and look at how do I like mother myself right now? Because I still felt like I need a mother at a one-year-old, you know, I wanted to ask questions that I just couldn't. Um, and so giving myself some grace there and, and giving myself grace that like, you know, there's going to be days that were just overwhelming still, um, you know, going to court appointments for my mother's chaptering and uh, you know that was not good days um but I could also look at it like there could be worse days right and and being just trying to keep a grounding point so that I remembered who I was I remember I had several conversations with my dad and I love my father he's very um very much been like a solid rock for me but having to say to him like dad I, you can't come over to my house in the morning anymore I can't start my days with you and it's not because I don't love you. I just, I'm drowning, you're drowning. It's not going to work if we both keep setting up this negative energy in our lives in the beginning. We need to like either decide that we have hope or at least decide to take care of ourselves and, and, and do that. And that's part of what it has taught me too, is that, you know, if we believe the outer world is a reflection of our inner world, that's part of what I had to keep looking at is like, why have I attracted this experience to go through? What is it here to teach me? You know, how can I respond differently? So maybe the outer circumstance starts to change, or at least the way I'm processing it starts to change. And that, you know, clearly didn't happen overnight. But if I didn't have my philosophy of vitalism, bringing into this experience, I'm sure it would have been a completely more overwhelming experience instead of more of like, let me just in the moment here where I'm sitting in the mental institution with my mother that I never in a million years thought that this would be the case. Let me just take this in and then also just try and like take a step back sometimes and just say like, okay, what is going on here? Um, and so I, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt you for a second because I'll totally forget it. It's an interesting 
thing that chiropractors, I'm going to say chiropractors pretty uniquely go through. So like the only thing I can kind of make an analogy to it is somebody like a very strong Christian or anybody who's very strong in their religion and something sad and terrible happens and they often have one of two paths where they are forced, like they just innately don't question and they just double down on their faith or they get angry and question and like it's a big struggle and within chiropractic and other health I'm sure like Reiki and all of those other professions kind of deal with this too but it's it's I get angry when my daughter gets an ear infection I get angry because I'm like we do everything right and like I'm sure you know like you were probably processing that too of like not only am I angry that my mom I'm losing my mom I'm also angry because like we're come on chiropractic and so like you were able to fall on that philosophy but I'll take this a little deeper and this is the part of chiropractic that I wish we went like way more into is that I think we do a bang up job of looking at like physical like nervous system physical but I don't think we do a great job in our profession of connecting the dots of like, nobody said it was just about physical. Like the triune is actually two thirds non-physical and parts of our non-physical are mental, emotional, spiritual. And so to me, like to summarize, I look at the physical as the like embodiment of the other parts. And so what I could see and I trust is that when it's showing up in your physical like it's been brewing in these higher energy aspects of us. So the non-physical aspects of us mm-hmm. for a long time, or at least in an intense way. Not, but, I mean, and that's a part as a healthcare provider. We don't have any, we, we're Especially only the helping them. We're only able to really help them with the physical, unless I'm going to sit down and like lead a guided meditation as a part of every adjustment. Like that is something that, um, yeah, you're right. We don't really address that. We should be, we should be like every chiropractic conference should be like, and we're going to start with an adjustment and then a meditation. And then, yeah, but, but like, I also do believe that like clearing out a nervous system is going to open up these other aspects of us. Right. So mm-hmm. What I felt like with my mom is like, okay, she had cancer, right? That clearly was an embodiment of some dis-ease, right? But there's all the other parts of that that would have been components of that dis-ease, like emotions and mental health and different things. And so I kept trying to understand too of like, there was probably lots of things she had suppressed to get to the point where you have ovarian cancer. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe what we're dealing with now. So if I could look at it from this intelligent process, like maybe this is part of her healing. How do I know? Right. It feels really freaking uncomfortable, but nobody said healing was actually going to be like walk in the park. Right. And the funny thing is, is like, and this is what I tell and sometimes I don't have the energy to explain to like, you know, people who want to know how she's doing, but she's a lot better than she was four years ago now. But if you knew her before, it's like a totally different person. So I can go to her house and have a conversation that mirrors a pretty normal conversation. Or sometimes I'll call her on the phone and she actually answers now and she wouldn't have before. And it's like, if I didn't know, I would think she was my mom from before. But the physical way she shows up is still so different. Um, you know, she doesn't do any of the things she used to do. 
so it's interesting because I still believe that there's probably whether it's in this lifetime or what comes after, I don't know, like this process under taking her that she's healing some of this kind of suppressed energy in it. And I don't pretend to understand it. It, it might think, not even be energy from her life that she's processing. Like So true. I mean, how do we know? This is where I kind of geek out on like the fact that vitalism holds enough space to say, you know what? There's a whole lot more in this intelligence that we don't even pretend to have the brain power to wrap our minds around, you know, and that we recognize that God or universal intelligent, you know, is, is infinitely, you know, expansive. Mm -hmm. Um, and so by using that faith or that, um, philosophy, it helped me try and like take more of a bird's eye view of like, yeah, I mean, we knew that she was suffering when she had the cancer diagnosis. And just because she started to make a lot of changes doesn't mean that there still wasn't other things that needed to be unraveled almost for her. So, you know, it's, it's challenging because it's been such a long thing um, to not know, like, you know, in 2016, I'm in grief in 2017. I'm in grief. Now 2018, I have hope again, you know, the like calendar years. Like, I just want to be like, so quickly, like, I don't know, towards the end of 2019, there was a lot of, and it wasn't even really stuff that was mine. Um, it was just happening around me and employees and friends and my family where I'm just like, what is all this? Like, ick? what is this? And I so was just like, all right, January 1st, bye. And it like lingered. And I feel like I feel like um, everyone around me is kind of coming out of it now towards the end of January as we're recording this. But I'm like, come on. Hello, January 1st, fresh start. <laughs> like, but also, like, we're energy and the universe is energy. It was, I'm reading this book because a girlfriend told me to read it. That's Do Less. It's about how... Oh, yeah. Kate Northrup. Yes. Yeah, she's my girl. Right. But she's talking about, like, again, like, we are part of this universe and our bodies are tapped in on a level we don't even pretend to understand medically I don't think um and so when people are shit was flying everywhere back in 2019 at the end of the year mine included is like I think it's just baptizing us into what's you know the evolution that's going to come in this next decade and that makes me sound really hippy dippy but that's where I'm at at this point that I just think I love like hippy -dippy. yeah we're like just scratching the surface of understanding. I mean, how many times do people walk into the office and they're like, oh, the weather's changing because I feel this in my body, you know? And it's like, okay, clearly there's something there because it's like every third person, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I learned from Frozen too that like water goes through like seven animals before it comes to us or something like that. Water holds seven previous, whatever. Olaf was really smart for a moment. So we're even seeing Disney get on board with the hippy dippy, okay? Totally. You You've seen Frozen too, right? I haven't seen Frozen too. <gasps> what are you doing? Oh, no. My son only wants to watch, Don't he's only four, I'm a bad parent, but like Jurassic Park. You can, he can watch Jurassic Park? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's 100% male energy. Boy, I need dinosaurs and sharks. Show him like Sharknado. All right, so this topic is super interesting, and I know you're all getting a lot out of it. And I promise we're going to return in just a minute. But first, I have to tell you about some of my favorite deals, including one new one I got for you all on our She Slays Savings page. 
So first is my favorite artist and chiropractor, Sandy Arthur. She is the owner behind Sandy Spines. So check out her really beautiful art on either her Instagram at Sandy Spines or her Etsy page. Um, you're going to get 10% off her entire order at checkout just by mentioning She Slays. And also if she's got any stickers in stock, she's going to throw a couple of those in for you just because you're my friend. So if you've listened to episode six, you know that one of the biggest mistakes I made was waiting to add a practice coach to my life. Um, it's one of those investments that once I did it, I seriously never looked back. It's really great to have someone to bounce your ideas off of, and especially someone who's already made the mistakes and knows how to fix it and do it right. Someone who sees the things you're not even aware you might be doing wrong yet or how you could improve. So you've probably noticed I've had a few coaches on the show because like I said, I really like chiropractic coaching. And if you've listened to episode 29, you've already met one of the amazing women I recommend frequently, Dr. Nona Javid. She's the founder of the part-time million dollar cash practice, right? And you thought she slays savings was hard to say. So Dr. Nona is this brilliant and powerful woman who helps you build a practice to support the life you want, not a life that gets the leftovers of your business. So if you feel like you're a slave to insurance companies, not getting paid what you're worth, or spending too many hours in your clinic instead of living your life, she's your girl. So all listeners of the show will not only get a free one-hour consult with her, but also $300 off. Yes, you heard that. $300 off your first month of coaching with her. So check out our She Slays Savings tab on our website to get more info about Dr. Nona and her part-time million-dollar cash practice. That's sheslayspodcast.com slash sheslayssavings and click on Dr. Nona's beautiful face. So one more for today is my favorite techie thing we added to our practice in 2019, and that's the personalized clinic app from Connected and Inspired Media. It's a super well-made app for all prenatal and pediatric clinics that's a great resource for all of your patients. It's full of educational material, exercises, rehab, brain exercises, stretches. You're going to love it. So for more information, check out our She Slays Savings page on our website. And of course, mention She Slays when signing up and save 20% off your first month. Okay, that's it for now. Let's get back to the show. Um, okay. So in, not in the beginning, but kind of like when you were in the thick of it, you, you've mentioned a couple of things that helped get you through, um, lots of grace for sure, which, oh my gosh, I, I, we don't give ourselves even a fraction amount of grace. I have this conversation with Charlie who's seven and a half where like, there's just some days where she's sad or she had a bad day and it's at the end of the day. And she's just like, Today wasn't good. I didn't get a lot of schoolwork done. And I just say like, it's okay to feel the feelings that you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And what we want to do as a society, you know, so like, let's say we're, it's a bad day and you have to go and you're just not in it. And it's mm -hmm. like, that's okay. Well, but what we do is we go like, what's wrong with you? Like you have everything, like it could be worse. Like you should just do this. And we try and like take this. I don't know, I don't want to say like masculine energy, but this very like aggressive energy and try and like force you into it instead of just having grace and being like, I'm not my best version today. I'm going to show up the best version possible for me today. I'm not going to cry to my patients. Like I'm going to be profesh about this, but like, that's okay. And 
if I find myself like laughing this afternoon, despite the fact that horrible things are happening to my mom, because we also do that, right? Like, you know, if um, something really sad, uh, you know, somebody's diagnosed with cancer and you're feeling it, but then like, there's this moment where, you're, where you forgot it, big air quotes for a second. And you're like, oh my gosh, how could you be laughing right now when something so terrible is happening? It's just like going, I'm just riding the waves and I'm allowing myself to be a human of energy and be. So anyway, yeah. so you mentioned having grace, but what else did you do yeah. on I the, think through that period? Major grounding points, like for me, it's like I have to move my body and that puts me in like a better state. So mm-hmm. like I didn't let, exercise laps I if anything did more of what I needed to do for myself so for me it like my morning routine is pretty sacred and obviously it's had to look differently during like oh you have a baby during this period of your you know life but it still would I was find a way to get it in um and so that remained true um I think I mean I can't say enough about especially as a leader like, yeah, you are expected to show up a certain way generally to work so that your staff can, you know, what to expect. However, the reality is too, like, hopefully, especially if we're teaching them about vitalism and being, you know, congruent, it's like, I can't show up and be like, this is the best day of my life. That would be really inauthentic of me. So that's again, the grace too, of like, being real with your staff of like, I'm going to show up. I might seem a little lower energy than what you expect of me. And please just <laughs> realize that this is one of the most terrible things I've gone through in my life. And I'm going to still show up for you, but I might need a little wiggle room here. Mm-hmm. You know, that will show you real quick who's mature around you, who's also like able to see bigger than themselves. And that was a big thing for me. I was like, okay, I need people around me that have some heart for me as well. Um, yeah, things like that. So, uh, you know, the biggest thing I would say is it's going to be different for every person, but I, I think like that is not the time to slip on the self care. If nothing else, that's the time to double down on it. Um, because you know, yes, it's been an interesting ride for me, but I can only imagine if I would have let other things slip in that time period, what, you know, how much more oh, yeah. challenging it could have been. Um, and so I, I think like that's a part of getting perspective too, that if you, you know, can do the things that you need to do to take care of yourself, you know, then it can't, it doesn't have to be this thing that ruins different areas of your life. Right. Um, what, okay. So, you know, bad days, bad weeks, you talk about these seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to like pull a number out of thin air and say like, how long, if somebody's listening and they're in a season where they're just like, the, I am getting beat up, I'm slacking on self-care. How long is too long or when's the appropriate time to like really start seeking help you know it's kind of like one of those things where it's like a bad day bad week is fine but like if it lasts for x amount of time like you know like you don't have to want to have sex with your husband every day but like if you don't want to have your sex with your husband for like an entire month there might be something more going on and you need help so did you get the question in there or did i distract you by talking about sex no uh well, you know, I think that's different for everyone, but be- because of like how you and I run, like where we're like fast paced individuals, I don't let it get to the point where I ask for help pretty much right away. Meaning I'm going to like, I know my people that I go to for self-care and I'm going to get that on the books like pronto. And if anything, learning from my mom too, 
of what's gone on. I think like you've got to have your people around that are built around you. And it doesn't have to be like these massive things. It might just be the person that's going to call bullshit on your bullshit sometimes, or, you know, is going to let you talk without interrupting you or, you know, whatever it is. But I think you got to do those things almost right away. It's like, not because you're expected to get out of that season, but because you want to put some guardrails around yourself. I think those are the two different things. Is like, are you wallowing or are you just accepting yourself? This is where I'm at right now, but I'm still very valid, very big difference, big difference. So wallowing for even two days is too much, but you might be in a season where you, it might be, months but you're accepting and you know connecting with yourself and taking care great answer yeah that's that's a good one um so okay we kind of had to close up because you know we're i know you have a timeline here but it sounds like philosophy i'm i'm not gonna say it sounds like i know that your philosophy really helped carry you through um and yet you came from same school as me that we won't talk about we won't throw shade at them uh, but there's not a huge philosophy um culture there so if there's a chiropractor who is struggling you know personal life is kind of beating them up or they're burning out they're kind of bored within chiropractic and they don't have that philosophy to turn to how do they start getting into the philosophy world start to cultivate it Mm -hmm. um okay I like that you put that spin on if they're struggling and a little beat up. Well, we get humbling experiences to grow from, right? And so if you can recognize like, maybe I'm not doing things the way that I see in my most empowered life, then that's probably the door opening for you to realize that you're ready to like accept some other advice or input. You know, if you think you know everything and your way is for sure the best, then then this conversation will work for you probably. So. For me, it would be, you know, look to someone that you do want to emulate to some extent, not because you want to become them, but because success leaves clues. And when you're not confident, you can borrow someone else's for a while and try it on. And then it kind of like their words sort of become yours and eventually it becomes authentic. So, you know, there's a difference between being like, well, that's not me. And also like, I'm just not trying to grow. We all have to like wear our mentors confidence for a while or learn different word choices or ask new questions. And so for me, it started with like a mentor telling me, hey, you need to deepen your philosophy. That's going to really help your practice grow. And I started to realize like, yeah, the people with the biggest practices generally have deep philosophy and conviction and certainty and, you know, all these words we hear when you go to seminars. But, mm-hmm. um, so I went to the rah-rah seminars for a while and I still love them. I don't necessarily feel like that's the key thing I needed anymore, but in the beginning it was, I just needed to sit and marinate in these people who loved chiropractic, who could speak it eloquently, who also sometimes said things that triggered dogma in me where I was like, ah, I don't know if I subscribe to that. And then I'd have to go do my own digging. And that's mm-hmm. where it becomes yours is like, okay, I vibe with that person. I want to like listen to their YouTubes or their podcasts or whatever. Oh, there comes a trigger for me. I don't totally hundred percent buy that. Now I'm going to like read some of my own work or do some different things. And it's going to, it's, you know, it's a living thing. Your philosophy it can change. It doesn't have to stay like, I don't believe that my philosophy today is the same as it was two years ago, as the same as it was 
Oh, I sure should hope my philosophy is not the same philosophy as when I was 21, right? Yeah. Like, oh, right. I'm with you. 100%. So, so, who are some of your mentors? Like, what are you reading? What are you jamming on right now? Yeah. Um, well, in chiropractic, I, um, I just went to the Remarkable Practice CEO. Um, they had an immersion uh, down in Dallas, and I thought that was great. It was just really well organized. Um, and so, like, I really like that for the idea of, like, a system, but for a larger view of, like, more than one or two people in a practice. Because um, I haven't found a lot of coaching in that way before, where it was like, hey, you've got multiple practices, or hey, you've got multiple DCs in office. Like, let's talk about, you know, big, big entities. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that was great. Um, but as far as like what really geeks me out, it's more of like, again, this train of like quantum theory. So I love Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton and Demartini. Um, I said, I, there's a woman, um, her name is Pernilla. Oh God, I can't think of her last name. I'll get it to you, Lauren. She does, she's like a feminine energy coach. So I've been working with her this last couple months, three months. And she's like, who I'm really geeking out on because she's really taught me to just like go into some of the things that either I like stuff away in the corner or just I'm like, Oh, that's not pretty. I shouldn't have that feeling. Maybe it's not valid. And, you know, I was really trying to help me get more grounded in that my desires and things I need are equally valid. Um, and I think I, because I was labeled as like a bossy kid growing up, never thought like, oh, it couldn't be possible for me to not get my needs met because I'm bossy. I'll make sure. But there's certain needs that we all have that, you know, maybe they were never ones that were like celebrated in you. And so therefore you put them in the corner, you know, so I just really am interested in a lot of the like powerful feminine um, teachers that are out there and you kind of have to dig for some of those books and different things. So, you know, we mentioned the, um, the book do less. I'm excited to like finish that. Um, and then that prompted like a uh, reading the story of Mara, Mary Magdalene. Um, <laughs> a, yeah. So I bought that and um, yeah, I'm just, kind of geek out on trying to understand why I am the way that I am as well as like, you know, what I'm experiencing and witnessing in my lineage of, you know, my mother and my grandmother and things like that. So that's kind of where I'm at at this time is getting on that like feminine train. You are such a beautiful human. You just like bleed this, um, gosh, this, like, it's this, yin yang energy where it's not feminine and like you've like taken that masculine driver thing and it just feels like you just like put some reins on it and figured your shit out just figured your shit out you're an inspiration because like i don't know if i figured it out but that's i'm i realize i don't know shit anymore compared to like what is masculine i think that means you're getting closer right i'm pretty sure that that means you're getting closer yeah i got nothing but yeah, I mean, I, I think masculine ways of doing things get things done fast a lot mm-hmm. of times. And then there's also, especially for women, where it's like, this is not, I can't wear this forever. Yeah. You know, so. yeah. All right. Well, tell people where to find you. Are you speaking at all in 2020? Are you, where are you? I'm at the Women Chiropractors Conference down. Oh, yeah, that's right. I want to get to see you. I'll be there. No, we look 45 minutes. I'm at that time, but, you know, I'll be on the beach. Um. And then, um, gosh, I just said, oh, and I'm, I'm teaching at a yoga conference actually here yeah, in the summit. 
the summit. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I said yes to doing the, um, the, oh gosh, I can't think of the name of the seminar right now, but it's out Life West this fall. Um, her story. I'm interesting. I am too. Oh, I'll see you there. Yay. Well, we're just going to have to like meet in Minneapolis and uh, coordinate our flights for the WDC annual convention and her story. So, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. me. Thank you so much, Lona. You're amazing. And um, let's grab coffee. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to. All right, She Slayers, thank you so much. I hope you got something amazing out of this. Um, I know you did. Uh, find Lona. You can find her on social media. She's on the internet like all people are nowadays. And um, she's amazing. So reach out. I know she would love to help you all. All right. Until next week. Bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.